Majora's Mask, Chapter 35, Realm of Shadows, Part 1. The sky was a deep red. Link stood on a lone, towering platform, looking around as water fell from the heavens in endless columns. They poured into the sea of clouds surrounding him, obstructing the ground from view. He lowered the hand he'd used to shield his eyes, spotting the creature as far away as the first had been. Its body was a round head perched atop legs with lanky arms. It was hard to make out much else about it from such a great distance. Its voice only added to the land's ethereal beauty. The majestic song was identical to Woodfall's. Link instinctively drew his ocarina to play along. Their songs combined to form a duet as soothing as the milky clouds and warm sky. When the singing was done, Link returned the ocarina to his belt, his wide blue eyes reflecting the serenity around him. You're the protective guardians, aren't you? The ones from the story. His voice seemed empty compared to the surreal nature of the giant's domain. The creature responded nonetheless, though its voice was hard to make out. Guardians. Link nodded. I'll free the rest of you from the other temples as soon as I save my friend. The giant responded in song, though his new melody was solemn. The clouds and sky vanished before Link could ask why. The dead of night reappeared around him. Brown, green, and gray sat dully beneath a bright, starry sky. Yet, it all felt incredibly real at that moment. Probably because I just came from a dream world, he thought. Though the return of spring was an added factor, the air was alive with the smells of life and warmth. The ice and snow were gone, at least this far south. He noted the mountain smithy's cabin just beside him, and I bet Goron Village is warmer too, Link thought. Just like all of Woodfall was no longer poisoned. He smiled. The pine trees were no longer plagued by blankets of white, and lush grass filled the smithy's lawn. He heard water rushing nearby, and heard insects teeming in the waters. There was no longer a desolate wind blowing over death. Life had returned to Snowhead. The Tektite Cave was still where it had always been and Link noted the bodies no longer lay scattered across the lawn. The cabin lights were visible from the window. Smoke climbed from the chimney, too, scraping the beauty of Termino's final nighttime sky. Though the world was about to end, purple and red, the clarity of the world around him, was all gorgeous. In death, the land dazzled everyone with a swan song, as chilling as it was wondrous. Link heard the bells of Clocktown ringing, and his smile faded. How long was I in the temple? The valley was high enough to peer over the mountain walls and determine a field. He could see the moon was no longer in the sky. It hovered over Clocktown at Terminus Center, mere hours away from destroying everything that drew breath. The wonder of spring quickly fell before overwhelming dread. Link took one booted step forward, slightly numbed with panic when he realized how little time was left. He first turned to Zabora's house, running up the stairs and throwing the door open. The small man sat on his couch, still, 
and the hammer-wielding giant stood behind the counter. Whoa, whoa! The shut up Link expected to follow did not come. The blacksmith appeared saddened as he sat there, and the hero noted a sling around his arm. Sabora's eyes widened when he spotted their visitor. You gotta be kidding me. You, he said distantly. Link looked at them uncertainly. Uh, yes. Is my sword done? Sabora merely stared back blankly. Where's your fairy? She was taken from me. By a man in a black cloak? Sabora said. Link's expression darkened. With the face of a redhead. How do you know about that? Link stepped closer to the blacksmith, hardly noting the anger on his tongue. It wasn't until Zabora cringed backward in mortal terror that Link stopped himself. Focus, the boy thought. He's not the enemy. That monster must have tortured him, too. It came by here? Yes, and it was looking for you, you and your fairy. It could speak. Yes, this sounded like a person. Sort of. But it clearly wasn't. The blacksmith gestured toward his injured arm, and Link glanced at it in acknowledgement. I need to find him before the moon... Link trailed off, looking up at a clock hanging near the window. 1.34! It'll land in Clocktown in four and a half hours! It's going to kill all of us, isn't it? Link wasn't sure how to answer that. There's no way for me to stop the moon this cycle. He knew this man's fate, no matter what the outcome for Tattle was. I don't know, Link lied. But I can try and save Tattle before my time's up. There was a pause. He tried to find something comforting to say, but he couldn't. So he moved on to business. Did you finish my sword? Sabora sighed sadly before he answered. <sighs> yes. We can't make a sword stronger than it. No matter how often you use it, it will never lose its edge. Link unsheathed his razor sword and laid it at the desk. Gabor retrieved another sword from behind the counter. You'll be needing a new scabbard as well. Link was impressed. The blade had been infused with golden dust, shining brilliantly around patches of exposed silver. The gold markings had been fashioned into diamonds. The tip was sharpened as brilliantly as the rest, and the handle had a white grip mixed with red. The guards were pointed and aesthetically pleasing. The weapon was as deadly as it was a piece of art. Link carefully held it in his hands, laying it down to take off his shield and scabbard. His new sheath was a dark red, and he strapped it to his back and behind his shield, just like the old. Link wrapped his left hand around the handle of his new weapon, admiring it. The gilded sword, Zabora said. Link liked the weight of it, sliding it into its new home and hoping he wouldn't have to use it anytime soon. Can I buy a health potion too? Link asked, still feeling wary from his Snowhead Temple adventure. I have plenty of rupees. I don't think rupees mean anything anymore, the blacksmith said. Link nodded solemnly, taking one the giant offered and drinking half of it right there. He let out a deep breath as it burned, but it was revitalizing. He placed the bottle in his bag and looked at Zabora a final time. I hope you find your friend, the blacksmith said. 
Link returned to Snowhead Spring, sprinting now for the passageway leading south. I'm on my way, Tattle. Clocktown seemed to glow from so high up, still alive despite being abandoned. The fireworks had stopped long ago, and the clock face pointed upward toward its killer. As he reached the first rocky wall he'd have to descend, Link realized he felt hot in his winter clothes. He didn't need them anymore, and they would weigh him down. Link threw the outer layers off once again in his green tunic. He placed his hat over his head too, turning to climb down. He landed on the rocky trail and kept running. The clock tower, he reminded himself. The masked salesman had to be underneath it. Otherwise, he would arrive there only to have wasted these last few hours. Or maybe he would run into someone on his way there. Maybe he would find the Skull Kid, or the cloaked Redead figure, Tattle herself, Tail, or maybe even the Masked Salesman. Something had to happen to lead him to his fairy. But a voice within told him it was too late. His journey to Clocktown would be unhindered, and he would make it there only to find the room underneath the tower empty. No, Link thought, resisting the despair. That's not true. He refused to believe it. Someone had to be there. Someone. He couldn't lose her. Not again. Not after all they'd been through. Link recalled being trapped underneath the trick floor in Woodfall after he'd been separated from his ocarina. Link and Tattle had awaited death together. I wish I could have met this Zelda. Or at least gotten you back to her. She'd said to him. Well, you know what, Tattle? He fought back tears when he remembered his response. What? I think... I know that I'm glad I'm here with you right now. The first tear fell, but Link wiped it away quickly, shaking his head and not slowing his pace. Uh, no, no tears. Not yet. Tattle had run her fingers through the wall's dust, drawing a crescent moon with two diagonal lines backslashing through it. It had been a symbol from an old language the Skull Kid had known, and it had meant love. Tattle was all Link had left. The only friend in the world who hasn't died or abandoned me. He put on his Goron mask, rolling much swifter than he could run. He didn't slow down. What do I do now? What do I do now? Tail flew in circles nervously. He remained hundreds of feet in the air, over the spot where he and Link had first made eye contact in Termina, the gorge that once housed the Dongos. The moon was dangerously close. It would all be over soon. What if that dark sorcerer was lying? What if he won't let Tattle go? What would Tattle and I even do after everything's destroyed? What if I can't survive the moon? But it kills me anyways, even though I'm all the way up here! Tail was far too afraid to get closer to the ground. A wave of fire could catch him unaware. He was determined to survive, and had made his deal with the Dark Sorcerer to do so with his sister. Tail still floated aimlessly when he saw Link. The boy was far below him, not even noticing the distant orb of purple light. He'd finished climbing the rock wall to exit the gorge and reach Termina Field. Tail watched the boy he'd abandoned, torn. He hadn't expected the hero to survive Snowhead. Somehow, he'd made it all the way back here. I wonder 
if he freed the giant? Tail thought the answer was yes, and clearly, the gods had given himself a second chance. He could fly down. He could say something to Link, or even rejoin him, if he wasn't too upset about ditching him. I had to, Tail told himself. Or had he? Would he still be alive had he followed Link? If he joined him now, would his chances of survival increase? His chances of being reunited with Tattle? No. He'd made his choice. Tail merely watched as Link crawled from the gorge and ran to the city underneath the hovering moon. He's brave for going back in there with that thing right above it. Tail suddenly remembered what his sister had been shouting from inside the Redead's cloak. A trap in Clocktown. Tail almost flew to warn him, but he stopped himself. If there was a trap waiting for him, it probably involved the creature who could control its enemies. Link doesn't stand a chance against it. I'm not following him into his grave. And so, Tail waited, nervously eyeing the moon and unsure what to do. Link dashed through the northern gate. The guard was not there to stop him, nor was anyone else. He passed across the grass field, ignoring the nostalgia that threatened him now that he was back in Clocktown. This isn't my home. The moon completely blotted out the sky. The ground quaked, and Link nearly fell flat on his face. But he quickly regained his footing. He knew it must be somewhere between three and four now. The sunrise wasn't far. The moon was closer than ever before, but thankfully, the Skull Kid hadn't summoned it to fall sooner this cycle. He came out of North Clocktown and saw the clock tower's back. Link ran down the ramp and around until he was in the Southern District's plaza, where so much had happened. This was where Anju and Tattle had both died, and where the Skull Kid had started their chase to the sewers. This was where he'd almost died too, after falling the length of the tower. The wooden observatory built by the carpenter stood tall, and Muto, their leader, was in front of it. He knew the anger man never believed the moon would fall, even now, but he remembered that he eventually ran in fear all the same as the walls came crashing down. <coughs> Come to enjoy the carnival, he said. It's about time someone had enough sense to worship the gods respectfully. No one else is here. Link noticed the same. All the shopping stalls were abandoned. Even the guard manning the South Clocktown Gate had fled. Did you bring masks? Uh, four, actually, Link said after a moment. He turned to the clock tower doors. The heavy wooden decorations inspired nothing but fear in him then. He was afraid to open them and find nothing on the other side. <laughs> Someone's eager. Muto looked up at the moon, shifting uneasily before looking down and repressing that flash of fear. The ground shook, and the bells rang. Link looked at the clock to see the time. 3.52. Link took a deep breath, turning from Muto and walking to the clock tower doors. Where are you going? He asked. The carpenter sounded almost afraid to be left alone. Under the tower. Muto paused. But no one goes under there. That's where I came from, Link said. Get out of here as soon as you can. Maybe you can find shelter before it comes down. 
It will as soon as the clock strikes six. Ha! Uto exclaimed, feigning laughter. It's not gonna fall, cowards! All of you! If you're gonna fall, then fall already! Link sighed, turning back to the door's smooth surface. He placed his hand on the wood. It was warm. Link looked back at the moon, and the tiny stretches of sky visible above the town walls. The sky was blood red, and the bells rang for only the two of them. Clock Town on the final night was easily the scariest place he'd ever been, aside from the Skull Kid's cave. The boy turned back to the door. Please, please let the mask salesman be behind here. But his gut still told him he wouldn't find what he was looking for. His heart was in his throat as he pushed the doors open, clinging to a memory of Tattle as he stepped inside. The floor's central wooden beam still turned alongside the tower's many gears. Link hadn't been here since he was healed, and yet the machinery kept going, as if the moon wasn't about to knock it over. Water rushed from far below. The wooden platform he stepped onto was a large stage, hidden in the tower's darkness. Across the room was the masked salesman. He was much taller without his heavy pack of masks over his shoulders. Instead, it was up against a wall to his left. His elegant purple robes still adorned him, and his red hair seemed darker on the final night. Starlight shone through from far above, so Link allowed the door behind him to creak slowly shut. The salesman's back was to him. The man peered over the railing, seeming deep in thought. Link smiled, but it faltered when the man didn't turn to greet him. He must have heard me enter, the boy thought. Link walked down the stairs regardless, stopping when he was beside the turning pole. Oh, you? <laughs> His voice was as cheery as before. The masked salesman finally turned, robes swishing at his feet. His usual smile hadn't changed either, though he was a bit more intimidating without a crooked back. Were you able to get Majora's mask? The wooden wheels and running water were, at first, the only answer. Uh, no, Link said. At that moment, more words failed him. You still haven't done it, he said calmly. I keep telling you that if you don't get it back soon, terrible things will happen. Only two hours remain, but time is not eternal. Please, make the most of your time. Link's face must have shown his disbelief because the masked salesman's smile fell. What am I supposed to do in two hours? The salesman didn't respond. The moon is literally bigger than this entire town. How am I supposed to stop all of us from dying? Link was confident the masked salesman knew, but he wanted him to say it. I want him to admit that he knows I'm traveling back in time, he thought. His response was cool and calculated. Link almost missed the emotionally unstable man he'd been on his last visit. <laughs> Surely you can do something. Link was in awe at how gracefully he avoided his questions. Believe in your strength. Believe. No. Link shook his head. You know about my ocarina. And I'm not even here to ask why you pretend you don't. I, I just... 
Link paused before making himself go on. I need to know where Tattle is. Tattle? My fairy? Someone took her, and I don't know who, but you seem to know things. Do you know where she is? He realized how foolish the question sounded and suddenly felt embarrassed. Why would I know where your fairy is? Link's cheeks flushed red. I don't know. You just seem to know things. I just seem to know things. <laughs> he said mockingly. Link wasn't sure why he felt so uncomfortable. He was tempted to leave, to just run back through the clock tower doors before something terrible happened. Despite the instinct, Link kept his feet planted. Did you forget why you're here? Your goal is to bring me Majora's Mask. That was the favor I asked of you originally when we first met. I kept my end of the deal by healing you, and you... Well, you did it. So tell me, Link, why would I do you another favor when you still haven't paid me back for the first one? Link opened his mouth for words, but couldn't find any. Besides, as I reminded you, the only reason you're still here is to bring me the mask. You're not here to save fairies. There will be another one waiting for you after you play the Song of Time, just like this one was. Sorry to be so rude, but I'm a very busy fellow and cannot dwell here much longer. I need that mask, and saving that fairy would just be... A distraction. There isn't enough time for you to do anything about it anyways. You must play the song and continue your journey. The new fairy will be just as dutiful as the last. Link barely processed his words. As he looked into the salesman's eyes, he seemed to truly notice them for the first time. They were dark, but they shone brightly as he spoke. Link recognized something familiar about them. He remembered his final trek towards Snowhead. He'd saved Gorvis, and the Goron had accused him of having Darmani's face. Link had held the Goron mask in his hand, staring into it. No, it's not a face. It's just a mask. Just a mask. Just a mask. The creature with the face of a redead. He'd been so close to piecing it together. The face of a redead. Not a face. Just a mask. Both times the redead creature had taken control of him, he'd seen a pair of eyes behind those dark, empty pits, appearing to be beneath the surface of the face. The mask. Those eyes shone back at him now. It was you! Link's heart skipped a beat as dread seeped its way in. You kidnapped Tattle! The mask salesman's eyes widened, he seemed taken aback. For a moment, Link saw real emotion in his face, not the charade he always put on. What? Was all he managed. You're that thing with the redhead face, Link said, finding his courage. Except it wasn't a face, was it? You tried to hide it with your hood and cloak, but I still saw your eyes. It was just a mask. The mask salesman looked at him blankly, the two stood across from one another, accompanied by the clock tower's ambiance. Another earthquake occurred, and the tower's foundations groaned. 
The mask salesman smiled, laughing softly. Link's bravery disappeared as soon as it had come. He'd had surprise on his side for only a moment. The mask salesman appeared capable of acting impromptu. He put his hands behind his back, looking away as he paced. <laughs> I was known in Hyrule as the man of many faces, the man without a face, the dealer of faces, the mask thief, the dark sorcerer. But none have sounded quite as stupid as Thing with the Redead Face. It's amazing how much easier people fear you when they don't know your name. Link realized he didn't, even then. The masked salesman was still just that. The boy stared at him angrily, hoping he hid his fear well. He tried to read the face of the figure who'd stolen his friend, and failed. This doesn't change anything, really. I would have appreciated you remaining as dull as you've always been, as you can trust the hero archetype to be. I was hoping all my secrets would die with Tattle. Where is she? Link asked, lacing his voice with a building threat. His mind went to his brand new gilded sword. You're an even bigger fool than I thought if you believe I'll answer that. I wasn't lying about the only reason you're here. To get my mask. If you know what's best for you, you'll turn around and leave, and come back only once you've slain the imp. I'm not bringing you the mask, Link said, remaining alert. The spinning pole twirled between them the entire time. Not now that I know who you are. Oh, you know who I am? The dark sorcerer said mockingly. And do tell, then, because it seems you've merely removed that mask to find another. You don't know what Majora's mask is capable of if you want it, Link said. It infects anything that comes in contact with its magic. It slayed an entire fortress of pirates. It killed the witches in the forest and laid siege to this whole town. I'm aware, the mask salesman said. At least for that last one, I was there. How? Link thought. How could this man possibly know so much and be everywhere at once? A million questions buzzed through his mind, but the masked salesman continued talking. Besides, my magic exceeds anything you've seen before. I can control it. That's exactly what the tribe all those years ago thought. Koma and Kotake told me. They sealed it away into some distant realm, thinking they were rid of it for good. But it escaped. It overcame their magic and broke out. And now all these terrible things are happening. It has to be destroyed. The masked salesman stopped abruptly. He seemed confused by that response, but his smile quickly returned. Broke out? Escaped? <laughs> you really don't know anything, do you? What gave you that silly idea? Link stumbled over his words. What are you talking about? The mask is here, isn't it? It had to have broken out. My dear boy, Termina is the dark realm the mask was sealed away to. Link's mind reeled. All words escaped him. Understanding slowly came as Termina's strange puzzle pieces began falling into place. No, Link thought. That's not... That can't be true. No, Link exhaled. Yes... The masked salesman said, nodding as he took a step forward. 
Haven't you wondered why no one here knows of Hyrule? Haven't you stopped to ask why there are so many familiar faces, but none of them remember you? Weren't you curious why no one ever leaves and is scared of the knowledge waiting for them on the other side of those borders? It's because they're terrified, Link. They're afraid of the truth. Deep down, they know they're nothing. They know. They know if they look deep enough, all they will find is darkness. Because that's all they truly are. These people are merely husks of people from other worlds. Because that is all this place is. A realm of shadows. Link's head swam with everything Tattle had said. She'd been so frightened, revealing everything the cave had said. It was black, Link. Everything. As far as you could see, there was darkness. And the voices said that's all Termina is. And all I am, too. They told me I was just a shadow. And that everything here was nothing. A lie. The villagers had all looked at him so oddly when he stumbled from the clock tower doors that first day. The witches obviously didn't care what the mask would do to the inhabitants of this realm. They thought it was safe to stow here, and knew that blood could not be spilled where only shadows stroll about. And you want to free it? Link said. Part of him still denied what this man claimed was Termina's true nature, but there were other things he needed to know. I want its power. The Dark Sorcerer explained. And you should, too. Why would I want anything to do with it? Link asked, revolted. After all the terrible things it's done to these people, after learning all the things it's capable of. <laughs> these aren't real people, Link, the mask salesman said. Stop pretending there's something they're not. I love her! He yelled, his face flushing bright red. Then your love is misplaced. A shadow doesn't have a heart. You, me, and that mask are the only real things here. Everything else out there is merely a magic trick. Link's lips quivered with anger, and yet still, he pressed for more answers. I don't believe you, but even if I did, Hyrule isn't a magic trick. If you free Majora, it'll become a wasteland just like across the mountains here. No, Link. Majora isn't going to destroy all of Hyrule. He said it as if he knew something Link didn't. The boy wasn't sure he wanted more knowledge from this evil man. His eyes had already begun to water, but he had to hold more tears back. He couldn't let this man know how weak he was. The prophecies I've heard are all about to come true. Not long from now, the great evil that you were so certain had been vanquished will rise again and it will destroy Hyrule. Link could only stand and listen. All hope was leaving. A great flood will wash all you've ever loved away, and Hyrule Castle will sit at the bottom of a great sea. Nothing can stop it. Every man, woman, and child who lives and breathes will drown. Nothing except Majora's Mask. The demon residing within that mask has power unparalleled by anything else. When I get it back and learn to control it, maybe some of us will stand a chance. The alternative, if the mask is left here untouched, is death. 
Link recalled the paintings he'd seen within the Skull Kid's cave. They had been of Hyrule, and a great wave was crashing through to claim the lives of thousands. You don't understand. Oh, I understand, the mask salesman said. I understand that if we leave it here, it will escape Termina on its own. You made it through the cave, Link. Now tell me, what did you see on the other side? Link didn't reply. He knew that the dark sorcerer already had the answer. What you saw was the masks doing. You see, the Skull Kid is not the only creature to find the mask in its possession. History is repeating itself over and over again in this realm of shadows. What you saw on the other side of Snowhead is what the mask intends to create with the moon. One way or another, Majora reduces the land around it to ash. Slowly, it has destroyed every land within this realm, until only this one remains. Clocktown and the areas in each cardinal direction. Once the moon falls, Termina's destruction will be complete, and the mask will finally have a way to leave this realm after generations of imprisonment. Now, we don't want that, do we? The mask would be much more useful in aiding the cause of the living. That could happen if I were to bring it out on my terms. The monster meant to drown Hyrule will be nothing compared to the wrath Majora would unfold were it to enter the world on its own. Which is why we should destroy it, Link said. You wouldn't be able to control it. Do you think I decided to do this overnight? That I haven't dedicated my life to this? You have no idea how much thought I've put into obtaining this mask, how much time and effort it has taken to find Termina, to find out how to get here, to figure out how to get you here. Then why can't you just get the mask yourself? If you can control Majora, then stealing it shouldn't be a problem for you. I tried, he stated. No matter what, every time I take it, something happens to make me lose it. I don't dare put it on or use its power until I have it back in Hyrule. But carrying it out, I'm foiled every time. Maybe a freak avalanche separates me from it, or a storm rips it from my hand, or a skull kid robs me. The tribe that sealed the mask away here was very particular with the spells it placed to guard it and made it near impossible to get it out. Their magic has prevented someone like me from ever walking out with it. But you, someone like you, a hero, you were the only one who that magic would elude. They never thought the likes of you would find your way here to take it, rightfully. They only worried about the threat of a sorcerer like me could pose. Link continued wavering between anger and disbelief. The masked salesman had been the simple piece tying it all together. It was him. Every string pulled had been by his command. But... The boy began swallowing. I rode into that hole and fell. That's how I got to Terminat. I found it. But even as he said it, he knew it was a lie. I'm sure that's what you remember, the masked salesman said. That's what I wanted you to remember, you and the Skull Kid's fairies. I brought them under the clock tower to the place where I knew you would appear, by offering the imp something he couldn't refuse, your ocarina. 
He played his part, even though I knew you would eventually need the ocarina back. But he didn't need to know that. So that's it then, Link said. Why did you have to take Tattle? Why did you kidnap her and leave me in the snow to die? I didn't leave you there to die, he said. That Goron was coming. If I killed you, that would waste all the preparation it took to get you here. While you're capable of walking out of here with that mask in hand, getting you here is a different story. It is a realm of shadows. It's not meant for people brimming with life, hope, and love. Optimism. I had to take those things from you to bring you here. And for you to get your job done, well, I need to make sure those things keep their distance. Falling in love with the shadows here is dangerous. They're not real, Link. How many times do I have to tell you? Your positive emotional attachment to Tattle puts everything in jeopardy. But taking away things you loved wasn't enough. I had to make you choose to leave them behind. That's why I didn't kill Tattle. By playing the song of time and abandoning her even though you know she's alive, you render yourself into one of the shadows around you. But importantly, one that can retrieve the mask and bring it back. You had to be an emotionless husk to come here, and you must become one again. The darkness will drink your sorrow and betrayal like a cup of tea and make you my servant. Link stared at him, aghast. I wouldn't be having this lovely chat with you if I wasn't trying to waste the last bit of time left in this cycle. There's no way you can save her, Link. You have no idea where she is. There's hardly two hours left. Link didn't say anything, staring at him blankly. So, tell me, boy, what is your love for that shadow worth? How selfish are you to treasure your own happiness over the lives of everyone in Hyrule? You must let her go, for you cannot hope to obtain the mask with emotional flaws. I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to help. The masked salesman had said the same thing while he'd been crying in front of Zelda's tombstone. Then, another realization struck Link. The boy looked at the dark sorcerer with pure, unadulterated horror. No, did you? Link found the words hard to conjure, choking when they caught in the back of his throat. Did you kill Zelda? Only the clock tower's gentle hum filled the silence. I did what I had to, to save Hyrule. <coughs> Link screamed, sliding the sword from his scabbard and running at the masked salesman. The dark sorcerer effortlessly reached into his robes and pulled out a mask. In the same fluid motion, it went over his face, and Link caught its design a moment before he put it on. It was bland and featureless. A rock with crude eyes and a mouth. As soon as it touched his face, the masked salesman vanished. Link stopped short, moments away from slashing him to bits. He looked around to see where he'd gone, but found nothing. Link listened closely for some sign or sound, but the clock tower filled his ears instead. <laughs> I'm not I'm sure, not sure you, you realize exactly who you crossed, crossed swords with. with. The masked salesman's voice came from his left. But when he turned to look, he saw nothing. You will do what I ask of you, Link. 
This would have been so much easier if you just left when I told you to. When I told you to. The boy spun around, sword held in front of him, breathing in and out as heavily as his heart raced. Mask salesman, back against the railing again. He was wearing the re-dead mask. Instantly, the blood in Link's veins froze. He was faced to stare into those endless pits, but this time, the sorcerer was not wearing his black robe, hood, or gloves. Link's muscles strained with immense pain as they were pulled tight by his enemy, and the salesman's voice became masked with dark magic again. You are nothing but a pawn. Tattle realized that. Tattle resigned to the fate I gave her. Link's left hand twisted backward terribly. His golden sword flew from his fingers and bounced off the floor. He was unable to grit his teeth in pain or even look away, forced to stare into the fake eyes of his attacker. His lips trembled, tears pouring openly from his eyes. You will get me that mask. He forced Link to his knees, his legs painfully bent downward as the masked salesman walked closer. Even if I have to walk you up that tower myself. With each word, one of Link's limbs twisted out of place. His shoulders threatened to burst under the pressure. I can't kill you, but I can make all the emotional pain you felt physical. He continued approaching Link, now only steps away. Remember how powerless you feel. Remember how out of control you truly are. I'm always in command. Even when I don't wear my mask, you're nothing. Maybe when I'm done with you, I can turn you into a mask too, and you can join the collection. The redead face grew closer until it became Link's entire world. The salesman bent down until the mask brushed against the hero's face. I own you, he whispered softly. Navi learned, Tattle learned, Tail learned, Hanju learned. Zelda learned. The masked salesman saw a spark in Link's eyes at the mention of his beloved, and the sorcerer's smile became even more twisted from behind the mask. The poison I slipped into her water racked her with pain. Did I tell you? She writhed in agony in her final moments. It was so cleverly done. Not even the caretakers thought to question whether it was actually a disease. He bent beside Link's ear now, whispering so softly it might have been the wind. She screamed for you, but you weren't there to save her. When the masked salesman pulled himself back from Link's ear, he found that he wasn't looking into dark blue eyes. They were bright purple. The dark sorcerer's brow furrowed, and suddenly, an invisible force struck him in the stomach. The masked salesman flew across the room, mouth wide and O-shaped as he slammed into the railing. He quickly scrambled to his feet as Link stood, too. Despite staring into the hero's now purple eyes, the boy refused his control. Somehow, he fought off the mask's effects. <sighs> That's impossible. The sorcerer thought. Where's Tattles? Link asked, but the voice was not his own. Anger was etched into every line of his face as his purple eyes bore into his enemy dangerously. I... I... The masked salesman tried his best to command the terror growing in his body. No one had resisted the re-dead mask before. He took it off and tossed it aside, hoping direct eye contact would help. 
I, I don't know. I gave her to the Skull Kid. Please. She's not dead. You don't understand. Link moved his arms in a strange circular motion, as if preparing a spell. The masked salesman's eyes widened even further. His usual smile was far, far away. The tower shook as another earthquake traveled across Termina. It's Hyrule's only hope. Everyone's going to die. I had to. Link, listen! But it wasn't Link who was listening. He pointed his fingertips at the sorcerer, and a purple bolt of lightning erupted outward. It struck the masked salesman directly in the chest, and he spiraled over the railing, falling out of sight. The earthquake ended. She screamed for you, but you weren't there to save her. Suddenly, Link was not under the tower with the masked salesman. He was on a beach, looking at the ocean crashing along a sandy shore. The night sky was beautiful, reflected in the waters beneath it. He turned his head involuntarily and saw Tattle. She was in a bottle that rested in a rather deep, sandy trench with a dirt-packed bottom. The fairy looked sad, sitting at her prison's bottom as she accepted death. Then an earthquake shook the beach. Tattle hardly noticed. The earthquake ended, and suddenly Link was under the clock tower again. He blinked in confusion. He looked down at his hands to make sure they were his. And when he looked up, he couldn't find the masked salesman. Link's breathing was steady. He felt a familiar, deep satisfaction in his chest. Was I looking through the Skull Kid's eyes again? The hero wondered. He shakily approached the railing on the other side of the tower and looked over. The masked salesman lay on the ramp far below, mouth agape. His arms and legs were at awkward angles, and he didn't move. A scorch mark was burnt into his chest. Ah! Link gasped, backing away. He was now alone. Only the clock tower's steady tempo accompanied him, along with the dark deed he'd committed. The beach! Link suddenly realized what his vision had meant. Tattle's there! He instantly ran for his sword and then the clock tower doors, re-entering South Clock Town's plaza. Uto was gone, but he hardly noticed. Link ran west toward Termina's beach. The town bells rang with every footstep as Termina's last few minutes ticked away. He coughed. Blood dribbled down his chin and onto the wood. The masked salesman shuddered. The pain was surreal as his only working hand gingerly touched the wound he'd suffered. His left arm was broken, and his legs screamed in pain too. But it was the lightning bolt that would kill him. He groaned as he used his one working arm to drag himself along the ramp. His purple robes were soaked with blood, sagging against the floor as it spread around him. I have to make it to my masks or I'll die. He shook terribly as he crawled, but he wasn't sure if he would make it. What have I done? The mask had infected the boy. If Link ever returned to Hyrule, or he failed to stop the imp, then all the worlds will end in fire. He had to survive. The masked salesman pulled himself another inch along the slope, fighting excruciating pain.